Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. You're listening to Sports Central on SEN. And uh, welcome to Sports Central. Jason Matthews in the chair uh, this afternoon, doing it live from our Gold Coast studios where it's just a balmy 30 degrees for all of those folks heading out to the Magic Millions this afternoon. My God, that will be a mess uh, come later on this afternoon. Plenty of fillies walking around with no shoes on, I assume, about 5 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, welcome to it. Thank you to Adam Peacock and uh, also Nick Davis. Um who jets? Uh, who water skis? Um, I've, Gibbo, you're on the on the buttons, the Sabo, mate. Welcome to you as well, my friends. G'day, Jace. It's a pr- pleasure to be working alongside you yet again. Did you have a uh, big Friday night, mate? Yeah, because you I stumbled. That, that was hard to get out for you. Yeah, then. sorry, that was. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I shouldn't do it. What did you do? I went down to the pub. We um, I'm not. End of we story. had COVID. We had COVID. We got out of COVID earlier this week and all the boys, mm-hmm. my whole house, everyone had COVID and we were like, you know what, let's go down to the pub and really enjoy ourselves because I think we've got immunity. And the next thing you know, <laughs> the alarm doesn't go off. You're a bit late. Oh, did you sleep work. in? A little bit. You know, I'm, I'm normally well, how, here at 6am, mate. Actually, well, I was sending you text messages this morning going, Gibbo should be at work by now. What's going on? Well, I'm going to punch what, in my time the... still at 6am, but yeah, I, I rocked <laughs> up at 8, 8 o'clock and look, Jace, to be honest, I oh, take pride right. in my punctuality. Mm. I'm always early. Mm-hmm. I'm always delivering. Yeah. But yeah, I slept in a little this morning and I just, the boys haven't been on air together for a few months and I thought, you know what? I'll go, I'll treat myself last night. But yes, I'm glad right. to be working alongside you, Jace. Aren't you glad you did that? Aren't you glad you did that, Gibbo? Uh, listen, that's not the issue today. The fact that Nick Davis has done his hamstring water skiing. He's meant to be some form of athlete. But who water skis anymore? Am I I out of touch here? Like, I thought water skiing died in the 80s. I'm not sure, but he... he, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who water skis. Lake Conjola. And he he actually also had COVID, and he, he did a couple of shows from his holiday... And he was actually presenting <laughs> in his oh. outdoor area, which was right next to the lake. So when people were water skiing past, you could you could hear it in the background. It was truly remarkable broadcasting right there. SCN Sydney is a mess. Uh, and hello, if you're listening through 1170 <laughs> SCN in Sydney uh, today, 1620 SCN on the Gold Coast, SCNQ, of course, or via the SCN app. If you want to get involved with the show, I'd love to hear from you, 0457. 736-736, pretty big show today. Uh, we'll cover off the uh, all the drama of Novak Djokovic. Uh, this hearing will happen 9.30 tomorrow and the government have submitted all their concerns about him staying in the country. So we'll have a chat to Brett Phillips uh, about that in our next hour. So no doubt more will happen between now 
And then uh, Laurie Horish uh, will join us to break down the first week of the NFL playoffs. I love the NFL. I get Gary Belcher. Can't stand it. Oh, bad shoot. Uh, Sports Day with us here on SCN. Can't, can't stand it. But I, I tell you, I love it. Uh, and the playoffs do kick off tomorrow. Uh, my Dallas Cowboys are in action Monday morning against all teams. Of all teams to cop in the first week. The 49ers who are in outstanding form, and no one else wanted to play them. So, uh, I'll have a chat to to Laurie about that and break it down with him. Uh, Adam Collins from SEN's Test Cricket Coverage will be here after one to preview a big day two in Hobart. Uh, forecast for today after it was rain affected yesterday, shower or two, and a top of uh, 26. We'll have a chat with um, Adam from the ground just before play kicks off today. Of course, that action you can catch it all afternoon from 2 p.m here on 1170 SEN, 1620 SEN Gold Coast, SEN q of course, via the SEN app. Plenty of cricket action coming up and, uh, of course, play uh, finished early last night. We'll cover off on that in just a moment. Chris Nelson previews a big day of racing at the Magic Millions. How about this on the Goldie? $10 million in prize money today. A couple of $2 million races. That's the Magic Millions two- and three-year-olds. Some of the sales, and I give you, you've got this sort of coin, I don't, but the amount of money some of these horses are going for at the moment, the biggest was about $1.9 million. But on average, of all the horses sold, average price, three hundred over 300000 bucks for racehorse. Now, you're not guaranteed to actually make the track. Like, this is, this is incredible, mate. This is huge money. But anyway, uh, we'll talk to uh, Chris o about this uh, soon. Um, and there are more auctions tonight. And I reckon this is very clever of Magic Millions. Some of the owners and trainers will get on it today at the track, uh, maybe have a win, and then decide to uh, put their hand in the pocket. Jace, is there much buzz up in on the Gold Coast for Magic Millions? Like down no. here, it's pretty, it's pretty eerie, to be honest. There's yep. not many people out. How's it been this week? Yeah, it's pretty quiet, mate. It's... Um, it's normally jam-packed, pubs, clubs, everything jam-packed. But um, I was talking to Campbell Brown, who's been up here for the Magic Millions. I was just talking to him this morning, and he, he's been out to a couple of functions. I'm staying away from it all. Yep. I'm not even going out to the track today. I just uh, I can't see the point in being around crowds. I haven't had COVID yet, touch wood, and I don't want it. Now, everyone around me has got this, apart from my immediate family, everyone else has had it. I just don't want it, you know, so... I would love to have gone out, and I think a lot of people are in that vote as well, yeah. Gibbo. But um, normally, and a good indication is normally you go out for dinner and then people kick on, right? Yeah. But everything's shutting at 10 o'clock at night. So, yeah, no, it's not, it's not as big as it normally is. However, it hasn't prevented anything selling. That's, the, that's been the yeah. interesting thing. We, we so, spoke to uh, Bjorn Baker earlier this morning, and he, he had a few few sales that he made. But, Jason, I, I, I sort of want to get sidetracked here. What happens in your household, say, I know you've got kids, are they still allowed to sort of go out, Yeah, you know, with COVID maybe coming into the house? No, what we do, well, my missus runs a rather large supermarket and she's out all the time. I'm surprised she hasn't got it yet. Yeah. So we've been lucky with the kids are on holidays. Like yesterday, we just don't go to indoor venues where there's a lot of people. So we try and avoid shopping centres, which is great, saves cash. Yeah, which is the big sure. thing here. Um, so thank you for that, COVID. Uh, but like <laughs> yesterday, yesterday we went down the beach. So we hung out at Burley Beach yesterday for a few hours and, mate, there was no one. Yeah. Still couldn't get a parking spot, but there was nobody there. 
And you just, it is absolutely do. I think pe- people are just avoiding crowded areas. But I don't mind if if we go to the if we go to the beach. That's fine. There's plenty of space. You can yeah. easily uh, you can easily social distance. So uh, Trista Berlinhand from Top Sport will be joining us. Well, he's got all the lot odds on uh, Magic Millions Day, and of course a lot of other sporting events uh, that are happening as well. Uh, you, as I say, you can get involved any moment on the show. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Your thoughts on? Novak Djokovic uh, having his uh, visa cancelled last night by uh, by the federal government. That was pretty clever, doing it last minute on a Friday night, uh, which would only cause massive delays. A few people predicted that, so uh, that'll go to court. There's been a hearing today, but the, the full hearing will be 9.30 tomorrow morning, as we said. Uh, I'm over it. Let's just move on now. Go home, Joker. Yep. Go home. You're unvaxxed. They're the rules in our country. Bugger off. Go home. Just don't fight it. And he and he's possibly going to cop a three year ban from Australia uh, if, if he doesn't go along with it. So again, we'll get more details from Brett Phillips later on. Cricket time uh, yesterday. It was day one of the first uh, of the fifth test for the first time. We had an Ashes in Hobart. Here are some of the highlights. A historic moment in Tasmanian sports. The first Ashes test in the state. Stuart Broad bowls. Warner let it hit him. It's high up. They're up and appealing behind. Warner, uh, Broad has toppled over onto the green top. Warner's unfazed by it all. A lot of action from the opening ball. Robinson on approach. Bowls to Warner. He's edging and he's caught at second slip. Dave Warner gone for a duck. England strike through Holly Robinson. Robinson hunting for more. Four slips now and a leg slip. He bowls full edge. Dropped. Crawley diving to his left. At second slip. Couldn't hang on. Broad full again and he's edging straight to first slip. Joe Root takes the catch and Broad has picked up Kawaja. Australia has lost its second wicket. And they are in all sorts of trouble early in Tasmania on a green top. He's bowling, he's edging, and this time he's caught by Crawley at second slip as the parade of Australian batsmen departing continues. Robinson has a couple, and Steve Smith is out for a duck. Let that reverberate around the country. Brought over the wicket bowls. Lovashane's bowled round his legs. He's flat on the pitch by the time it all finished. He got it horribly wrong. Broad fired it past him, disturbed the stumps, and Lavashane drags himself off, and it's the long walk home. Lavashane out for 44. Again, it's slow, but it's outside the off stump, and Green just presses forward. A lovely off drive. It's going to go for four. Again, it's slowish, and Head saw it early and takes it over wide mid-wicket, dispatches it. For four runs. Delivering to Green, who's edging this one for four. He played just late enough and with soft enough hands for it not to fly into the cordon. Instead, it went into the gap. Mark Wood shakes his head. Four boundaries so far for Head. Wokes bowls. That's more to his liking. A punch, square of the wicket. It could well go for four. Again, the timing of Travis Head coming to the four to the crease here over the wicket and head whipping around the corner down towards the rope and that will be his half century Travis head to 50 and 53 balls a counter-attacking knock he's taken his chances he's swung the bat hard but he's leading the push from Australia on the first day couple out for the pool over the wicket bowls to head who swings through the offside 
That's lavish. Through extra cover with real flair. Here's Broad bowling to head, who carves away through point. That's such a good shot. Chopping down hard on the ball and getting himself a boundary. Markwood after the false start. He's ready and in. Bowls to Travis Head, who slashes the ball through the cordon and down to the boundary for four. Two in the deep on the leg side. Head has the strike. He's back and playing gloriously through points for four. As he faces up to Broad and he's driving away from the body through cover for four. Cam Green is riding on the outs. The boundaries flowing from the Australian blades. Catching cover three pitches away. Around the wicket, Broad bowls. Head goes hard at it and smashed it through the offside for four. They've got five protecting. Oh, there's no protecting against that. Wokes us back into the attack and Head treats him with absolute disdain again. Whips it off his pads and it speeds out to the boundary for four. Wokes again. Head on 99, he bowls, it's there, he slashes, bottom edge, but it doesn't matter. It's down to the boundary for two runs. An astonishing century from Travis Head. A game-changing innings. Defying Test Cricket's conventions coming in at 3 for 12. A big hug from the giant in Cam Green. And then arms raised to the heavens, acknowledging the applause right around Belreve Oval. Blokes bowls and long drives. It's unbelievable. And he's out. <laughs> he's out. He's fallen. Travis Head, the crowd stunned as he looked to get after Wokes. He shakes his head and walks away. Walks up shorter that time and back goes Green. Yes, is the call. There's a hesitation. Slightly spilled the ball coming in slowly. And that is 50 to Cam Green. Root bowls and Green winds into a classic drive wide of mid off for four. Good in. Green flicks it off his toes. He picked the gap at mid wicket and thrashed it away for four. Third man down on the rope. Good balls and Green stands up and punches the ball forward to points. He'll get another boundary in the over. He's in and bowling at Cam Green who lifts him up over points and helps himself to a boundary. Brought in bowls. Green drives fluently and he beats the dive at cover and picks up another boundary. Cam Green is at the gallop. Put around the wicket, bowls. Pull, top edge, into the deep, out. Caught at deep square. Mark Wood's tactic works, and Cameron Green will be disappointed. He played the hook, and he expires on it. He's out for 74 again. Great call yesterday from the SEN Test Cricket Court team. Uh, they're back in action from 2 o'clock this afternoon here on 1170 SEN, 1620 SEN Gold Coast, uh, SEN Q, and, of course, across the SEN app. Um, play starting early today, too, at 2.30. Uh, yesterday, Travis Head, 101. Cam Green, 74. Another 70-odd for, for Cam Green. Starting to hit his stride towards the end of uh, the Test Series. Warner and Smith ducks. In fact, Warner, a duck off 22 balls. That's rare. Uh, we spoke to um, he, his lovely wife, Candace Warner, during the week. 
And she gave him a rev up after the Sydney test. Holy cow. I wouldn't have liked to have been on the phone to her last night after screwing a duck off uh, 22. Marnus, 44. And I tell you what, his knock yesterday can't be underestimated. How he got out was pretty ugly, laying flat on the pitch. But he actually eased the pressure when the Aussies were 3 for 12 when he was joined by Travis Head. Uh, could have been 4 for 8 at one stage. Uh, he was dropped uh, while he was on zero. But... He eased the pressure. I think he hit about four fours uh, in his first batch of balls, and that just just eased the pressure a little bit. So uh, well done to Marnus Labashane. A good 44 yesterday. Alex Kerry, 10 not out. Mitch Stark, uh, not out as well. They'll resume play, as I say, 2.30 this afternoon, a half hour early. Uh, Travis Head fronted uh, the media last night after play, and he was asked, was that his best knock? We'll wait and see how the game pans out. I think. I think we. I'm disappointed that I wasn't able to go on and get a big score. Um, I felt like I had earned the right and then worked really hard to to get to that position and um, to give it up that easily. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. And uh, look, in terms of where my inning sits, I guess we'll wait and see. We've got to wait for England about hopefully we put them under high pressure uh, and it turns into a match. Uh, I guess that first innings puts us in a position to win a game of cricket for Australia and then sit back and 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 reflect on that. I have to get someone from Cricket Australia to turn off their email notifications uh, uh, next time there's a presser. Uh, still on his batting, uh, changes to his technique. Uh, has he made many changes? Yeah, I've definitely come into the series more relaxed. Um, I spoke about that leading into Brisbane and the fact that um, Pat and, and Jail and, um, have backed me in um, quite hard over the, over the period and um, asked of me to go out and... I guess, um, play the way I see the game and, um, and I had that backing. And um, I feel like also that I've come off some strong shield seasons to know that my game is in good order. And, um, yeah, I guess coming in and, and having experience that sort of had a, a fair blueprint on test cricket and a fair crack at it over a period of time, I've definitely come in with, a, I guess, an attitude of, of, of an expectation of what's required. And I'll be able to go out and express myself in, in that manner um, as I've seen fit. Um and, yeah, it's nice to contribute and be as consistent as I have been. The second century of the series after he made 153 at the Gabba. Um, Travis Head was asked, what sort of total do you think the Aussies are going to need? Well, I think anything over over 300 is going to be um, a great start, I think. Um, you look at probably traditionally in Australia, um, that 400-plus score um, this wicket, it's probably more suited and the conditions, pink ball. Um, we probably look at it more like he's uh, probably more bowl friendly. And, and in, in the UK, when we played in 19, it was all about 300 and getting the 300 and past 300. And we know if we get enough runs, we've got a high quality bowling attack. So, um, yeah, anything over 300 and, and batting as long as we possibly can tomorrow is going to be key. Um, and when we bowl, it's just making sure we identify the moments that, with that ball, I think it's going to be a, a tough new ball wicket as we've seen today. Uh, and then as that ball um, gets softer, I guess, over time, um, identifying the moments that we, or the tempo of the game that we may change will come to different plans. So um, we got to be quick in identifying that, um, smart identifying that, and then communicate that really well um, throughout the team. And I feel like, yeah, we definitely got the, the bowling attack to, to take 20 wickets. Yeah, there you have it. Travis Head, uh, post-match or post-day one 
of the fifth Ashes Test uh, at Hobart, a historic Test match where the Aussies are six for two hundred and forty-one at the start of play today. As I said, an earlier start, two thirty. All the action live from two o'clock here on eleven seventy SEN sixteen twenty SEN Gold Coast SENQ, or you can listen via the SEN app. We better get a break here on Sports Central. When we come back, Chris Nelson, he's going to preview what is going to be a cracker of a day for Magic Millions on the Gold Coast next here on SEN. You're listening to Sports Central on SEN. There's a lot of sport going on. We're going to cover off on all of it. Uh, this afternoon. Well, as much as we can before the second day of the fifth Ashes Test from Hobart uh, hits the air from 2 o'clock. The Savo here on SEN. you got Jason Matthews here. Uh, we're in the innings break in the first Big Bash game today of uh, KFC BBL 11. Adelaide Strikers, uh, 6 for 155 off their 20 overs. And, of course, the Sydney Smash later on tonight at about 20 to 7 at the SCG. With the Sixers taking on the Thunder, that should be an outstanding game. Chris Green uh, back for the Thunder. He's been an ISO uh, for a week. So looking forward to his return. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Sydney Thunder in outstanding form, one six of eight. And whenever they play the Sixers, we have some great games. So looking forward to that tonight. But right now, Magic Millions Day, it's the biggest day in the racing carnival uh, for Queensland. And it's the biggest race uh, racing program going around today around Australia, $10 million worth of prize money on offer. Chris Nelson is joining us now. G'day, Chris. Jason, how are you going? Oh, good, mate. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, um, I'm torn today. I want, to go to the, I want to go to the Magic Millions, but this bloody COVID, I'm too scared. I think I'll just uh, stay at home and, and listen to it on the radio and watch it on TV, perhaps. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? So plenty of people keen to sort of get involved, but not really that keen as yourself um, to go out and mingle too much. So I'm not sure what the crowd figures will be today, but I think it is uh, limited a little bit. But uh, I'm not 100% sure. So best off checking the Gold Coast Turf Club website for oh, that. But, uh, it'll still be, be packed. It'll still be packed. Oh, yeah, you're and just going to miss out on... People there. You'll just miss out on me hanging around the front gates with my shoes off at uh, 5 o'clock, Chris. That's the only thing <laughs> the, uh, the punters will be missing out on. Okay, oh, oh, two. I thought that would be about uh, 2.30 in the afternoon, yeah. Well, I'm working till 1 uh, in, in oh. Queensland, so that buys me a couple of hours. Hey, listen, let's talk about the, the horse sales before we get into your tips for today. Um, most expensive horse sold this week has been $1.9 million. And on that, yes. the average price, well over $300,000. This has been the biggest by far. It has, and look, we weren't expecting it. Uh, with the COVID situation, but this sale just keeps going from strength to strength. And the clearance rate last time I checked yesterday was something like 94%. So incredible. 1,200 horses going through. It is. It's just incredible the amount that are being sold. So really good numbers. As you say, 1.9 is the top one, but there's a there's a 1.7. There's several around the 1.5 mark as well. And we do have a session uh, tonight as well. It's always a good session after the races because... People turn up there, they're feeling a bit happy, had a few drinks and inflated prices often happen. You can add a few zeros to the actual... Price. Oh, that's clever, isn't it? I talked it's about that off clever, the top of the show. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course, tomorrow and Monday, there are some more. and That's probably more where you and I fit in, Jase. That's, that's where the three-legged mate. horses are that's coming right. to play for us. Yeah. As I said to you during <laughs> the week, if I'm spending $1.9 bucks on a horse... I want it with a jockey on it, and I want it to go outside and run straight away. I'm not waiting a year. Well, you have to. 
you just sometimes you might have to wait a little bit longer. You've got to be patient. The patient game. Yeah, that's not me. Righty, let's look no. at today's actions. Got some tips for the two-year-old and three-year-old Magic Millions races. Yeah, well, I'll stick with the favourite in the uh, in the two-year-old Cool and Gatter. I think she'll be very hard to beat. She's going to roll forward there. J-Mac just needs to find a spot or some cover, and he's a genius at doing that. So I think she'll win. But, look, not everybody uh, well, it's not everybody's cup of tea taking $2. So a couple that's uh, better odds, certainly Russian Conquest. Yes. I think it's one that can run well. Maps really well. Should get a good run. And the local Gold Coaster Flying Artie, number five, I think will run a really good race. I know he's drawn a horrible gate, but he could be unbeaten going into this race if he'd had better luck in his three starts to date. He's won one of them. Uh, he's coming good at the right time, and if they do go really hard in front, you know he's going to be finished the race off or finishing the race off strongly. So, at around twenty dollars plus, have a couple of dollars each way flying. Sorry, golden Artie. Rightio, and mate, the uh, the three year old. Yeah, this is wide open as well. I've gone with number six here, Starman. Uh, Chris Waller trains and J Mac rides. Now, one here at the coast last Saturday. Much inferior opposition on that occasion, but gee, he was so dominant. That last 200 metres was like a barrier trial. He won by over three lengths, and I just think it's a sense of timing with him. He's coming good at the right time, and he could run well in a very, very tough race, but again, something each way star man. Our SEN racing expert, Gibbo, who's on the buttons that I like. You like star men, Gibbo, do you? Yeah, I do, but I, I know Chris has got a pretty good moz on horses, but I have seen a few text threads. Starman has been coming up, so hopefully we can back it home. Well, the two of us on it, I'm sure we'll get it home, mate. No have you Have you actually followed Chris's tips? Have you, uh, all, mate? I have you honestly. In the um, few Sports Central shows we've done together, <laughs> Jace, I have actually heard Chris's tips, and they're not they're not awesome. But I think today, oh, wow. I think today we're going to... Just a bit rough. Sorry, Chris, mate. Sorry about that. But I reckon Starman, Starman's coming home. Oh, you've got a great reputation uh, at SEN, haven't you, mate? Yeah. Um, and have you got... And, and because Bris... Sorry, mate. Don't blame me, mate. I'm a big supporter. Now, listen, before I let you go, uh, what about uh, Brisbane today? Still racing in Brisbane. Got anything for us there? Yeah, Doombin race eight, number six, Astro... Boy Toy, not Toy Boy, but Boy Toy, I think can run really well. Uh, he looks a bit better than those, and he should be fitter for two runs back. So race eight, number six, Astro Boy Toy. Let's go a bit around the uh, globe here. Rose Hill, race four, number six, Sky Command. And Ascot, I know you like Ascot, Jace. Race nine, number eight, Clairvoyance, to be ridden by? Pikey. Pikey. So <laughs> with the Pikey situation uh, and the Vax situation, he needs to get as many winners as he can because come the 5th of February, I don't think he'll be riding much. Yeah, that's right. So, I, mean, I think he's got enough cash in the bank anyway. I don't think uh, Pikey needs to keep working, no. does he? Um, but that, that's always, is that the last race in Perth today, mate, race nine? I think there's actually 10. So, just uh, oh. not last race Pikey, second last race Pikey. Oh, and get on Pikey in the last as well. Why not? Do that yeah, as well. Not? Make it a double. All right, mate. Gamble responsibly, of course. Uh, good luck today at the Magic Millions and uh, best of luck to, to everyone, mate. And thanks for your time on Sports Central. Chris Nelson there. No, um, see you, mate. Good luck. Jeez, it's a bit rough. That was a bit rough, Gibbo. He's one of our guests. You don't talk to guests like that. Yeah, I, I didn't actually mean it. I think I came off a bit too heavy, but I, I really was keen. Because once you start saying text threads coming in, Starman, Starman, and then Chris backs it, 
you get a bit squeamish. You get the, you, you're jumping off, aren't you? Well, so I'm, I'm already on, mate. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. get on those text threads and say Chris Nelson tipped it. <laughs> yeah, jump, abandon ship. <laughs> this is Sports Central uh, across 1170 SEN, 1620 SEN, Gold Coast, SENQ, and also uh, on the SEN app. Uh, we better get to a break. When we come back, we're going to uh, catch up with uh, Laurie uh, Horish, who's uh, covering the NFL for us. Of course, the playoffs kick off tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll check that out with Laurie next here on Sports Central. On SEN. Come back to Sports Central. Jason Matthews in the chair as we count down to day two of the fifth Ashes Test coming to you live from Hobart this afternoon. All the action live from 2 o'clock here on 1170 SEN, 1620 SEN Gold Coast, SEN Q, and, of course, across the SEN app. If you want to get involved in the show, you can do as well. Shoot us a text, 0457 736 736. A couple come through already. Uh, I talked about uh, how many fillies there may be walking out of the Gold Coast Turf Club come about 5 o'clock this afternoon after Magic Millions. It's a beautiful day up here on the Gold Coast for Magic Millions. Uh, you'll have to get the farriers out to shod the fillies without shoes on. Stu from Cronulla. Uh, no, they'll be all right, Stu. And uh, on Novak, you can get involved on Novak. Your thoughts? Now that um, you may have to go back into detention today as well. I haven't heard about that. I know what's going to happen tomorrow, but what if he has had to go back to detention or he can stay in the house he's living in at the moment? Uh, the government should use Novak's visa card then cancel. Now, that's a good idea. God, can you imagine the limit, Gibbo, on that visa card that Novak Djokovic has got? Wouldn't be bad at all. Not yeah, bad at all. Indeed. Hey, um, you're, you, you watch the NFL, don't you? You, you don't oh, mind it. I'm a huge fan of the NFL. I, I particularly love the Hard Knock series. I, I've been getting around the Tom Brady documentary. That's yeah, good. I'm all over the NFL, Jace. To be honest, I'm probably a bit of an expert, actually. Oh, hey, so we don't talk to Laurie Horish from ESP and we talk to you, Gibbo, yeah, do we? Yeah, that's... Don't be stupid. Uh, Laurie's joining us now on Sports Central. G'day, Laurie. How we doing, guys? Mate, good. I'm excited. I'm a, I'm a long-suffering Dallas Cowboys supporter, and Jesus, aren't we lucky uh, getting the 49ers, the team no one wants to play in the first week of the playoffs. They do kick off tomorrow morning our time. 8.30am the first game, uh, 12.15 the second game. Out of the, um, before we go through those matches, who are the standout teams in the NFC and the AFC? Who do you think will be meeting in this Super Bowl this year? Well, I think this has been one of the great seasons of parity in the NFL. This is what the NFL is designed to do. This is what they hope, whether it's through free agency and the salary cap they have in place or the draft. They hope for parity, and this has been about as close to that as we've seen in at least my recent memory. Um, I think when you look at the AFC side of things, um, the Titans have earned themselves the buy. They've gutted it out despite huge amounts um, of personnel loss throughout the season. They are looking like they're going to be healthy with AJ Brown and Derek Henry back to join Ryan Tannehill and even Julio Jones a little healthier. But if I'm looking at the cream of the crop from the AFC, I go towards the Kansas City Chiefs, whose offense has turned up. Um, the volume in the past, you know, a month and a half, they're rallying off 30-point game after 30-point game, which is far more the familiar recipe we remember from this Chiefs team in recent mm. years. And then if you go to the NFC side of things, after the Green Bay Packers, again, a team who's earned the buy there, um, it does get very even across the board. The Bucks hold that second seed, but with everything that's happened with Antonio Brown and perhaps even more importantly, the loss of Chris Godwin, star receiver who can work inside and outside, for the Tom Brady-led passing attack, with him out for the season as well. Huge losses there. It's going to be turning towards Mike Evans. 
Um, not a bad wide receiver to turn to if you need to turn up his target share, considering he's had a thousand yard season every year that he's played mm-hmm. in the NFL. And Rob Gronkowski, a familiar name who uh, has been jokingly deemed Mr. January with the way he's delivered throughout the playoffs through his illustrious, decorated, my opinion, greatest tight end in NFL history type of career. Um, but it gets very even after that. But if you're looking at who's going to make it to the top uh, and, and meet in Los Angeles at Super Bowl, I still lean towards an Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes, uh, Packers versus Chiefs showdown, which would be one for everybody. Yeah, I agree with you on there. Aaron Rodgers' season with the Packers has just been absolutely outstanding. He's had a lot of controversy around him with vaccinations and, and, and whatnot from COVID. Did you expect this sort of season from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, because I, I wondered last season coming into it, he would start to be written off. Um, Jordan Love was in place, first-round pick that the Packers invested in him uh, to come in and be the heir to Aaron Rodgers. And you're counting down the days, and people said, and say, mm, is Aaron Rodgers still a truly elite quarterback? And he came out um, with an absolute revenge season um, and earned an MVP. And then you have this storyline, and I absolutely count myself one person who was critical of Aaron Rodgers, still am critical of Aaron Rodgers for some of the ways um, he has participated in certain discussions. But if you're talking about on the field, you're talking about someone who needs no short or who doesn't need any motivation, but does so much with it. Um, when there's noise surrounding him, it's not a surprise a man that's still at the peak of his health, even though he's had the toe injury, peak of his mental understanding of the game and what he can do with the ball in his right arm, his trajectory control, his arm strength, mm. as well as just his arm talent, the, the different ways he knows how to control um, his, his trajectory uh, and his touch on passes. When it's time to fire a dart in there, And when it's time to off your back foot, just deliver a perfectly placed lollipopping spiral over the top um, to just tease a defense, he's at the absolute peak of his power. So, no, not a big surprise that he's played at what should be a back-to-back MVP level type of uh, standard. And even when you think about the conditions they play in in the dead of winter as well, where it's freezing, it's snowing sometimes, it's... You just go, it, it even makes their performances even better. You know, we've got a lot of these teams now playing in stadiums, you know. If it's if it's raining, they close the, you know, the roof and, and whatnot. But these guys are playing in freezing conditions most weeks at home. So outstanding performance for, from the Packers so far this year. Let's look ahead to the games, um, shall we? And, and I love tomorrow mornings. Um, I reckon there's some pretty close games. You've got the Raiders taking on the Bengals and the Patriots taking on the Bills tomorrow. How do you see these ones going? I think the Bengals and Raiders, when you look at the teams, I think there's some similarities there. I think there's pieces on the offensive line that are all right, but I don't think that's a strength of either unit. I think there's, for the Bengals, an overachieving defense full of unheralded, a lot of free agent additions that have played perhaps above their billing and a credit to the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati for, for getting that level of kind of team commitment and, and that type of play. Um, when we look at offense, two quarterbacks that um, have the, I think one in Joe Burrow has shown that consistent potency to really light up opposition defenses. And both these defenses can be had, I think. But I think Burrow's been more consistently explosive, particularly of late. And I think his wide receivers, the, the targets that he has have been healthier We've seen Jamar Chase has jumped on as an immediate kind of pro bowl and all pro consideration in his rookie season. T Higgins has shown he can light teams up for 150 yards on any given day. Tyler Boyd is still there. Whereas for the Raiders, there's been some tragedy in what's happened to their offensive talent throughout the year. And then for someone like Darren Waller, who's been out injured for a while, he's still working his way back in. Not a wide receiver, a tight end convert, uh, but certainly their A1 receiving option alongside Hunter Renfro, who's that slot receiver type. I just think the Bengals are a little better at the strengths that they do have. So I think that one goes that way. 
And then Bills and Patriots, we were watching this one to see what the weather was going to be. It's going to be freezing, but it's yeah, not right. going to be too windy in Buffalo. It's going no. to be minus. We're going to be in the negatives there, but that wind's Jeez. down at about 11, 12 kilometers an hour, which means that Joe, Bar- uh, sorry, which means that Josh Allen can still put the ball. We can put faith in his right arm um, to really try and turn this into a bit of a higher scoring affair than New England would like. We've seen these two teams play off against each other twice this season. We had the New England aren't going to pass the ball um, experience there, where Mac Jones threw the ball a couple of times throughout the whole game. They emerged with a win on the basis of a strong ground game and the defense stepping up. And then we saw a game where the Bills were able to get those points up into the mid to high 20s and ask the Patriots and Matt Jones and that offense that lacks a bit of explosion, hey, come dance with us. Let's see if we can go toe-to-toe. And they couldn't. I think this leans towards the latter, and I feel like the Bills are going to come away from this one. Uh, The Patriots also with an out on their offensive line with Isaiah Wynn not being able to suit up hurts their ability to play that nasty ground and pound Mm -hmm. controlled defense along the line, uh, controlled offense along the line of scrimmage. Yeah, rightio. Let's quickly just get through the, the Monday games. Uh, the Eagles Buccaneers, uh, you saw the Buccaneers celebrating in the change rooms uh, when they found out they were playing the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, the Buccaneers should win that one easily, right? Well, look, as someone who shares an affinity from a team from North Texas like yourself, um, I'm going to keep my thoughts on the Eagles nice and professional here. I don't think <laughs> the Eagles are a good team, but I think this is an Eagles team that does not shy away from a fight, that does believe in themselves. Jalen Hurst is a great leader. Perhaps he's a better leader than a thrower of the football at some, some time, uh, but he is a good a good leader in face of where that franchise is at right now. And the, the thing that goes, if you're looking for an upset here, the Eagles play a weird type of football. You've got a dual-threat quarterback. You've got a lot of team speed. And can they challenge that Buccaneers defense that, again, has suffered some injuries to go instead of just straight up the guts where they've got strength to the like of Vita Bayer and the linebackers, can we move them side to side and use some of that speed and use some of that duality to maybe cause some headaches? But I expect the Buccaneers to come away from this one as well. Uh, the Cowboys, uh, not many uh, people giving them a chance against the 49ers. We have, we've got the best offense in the NFL, but the question is, can we stop the 49ers? Well, the Cowboys for 49ers game, as you said, this has been every year in Wild Card Weekend. We get a team and we get a game. We go, everyone hones in. This is the upset play. And that has landed with the 49ers. A lot of faith in that running game, the Kyle Shanahan um, running attack that is artfully designed, um, and it is very challenging for a team and a timing-based offense. Um, so pieces need to fit in at the right time to open up holes and windows for uh, the passing game to work with Jimmy Garoppolo under center there. Questions about with that, with that Cowboys defense, they're aggressive and they're opportunistic, but the word finesse gets thrown around. Can they ante up and play physical defense? I think they can. I think there's no shortage of noise that's found its way to North Texas. They're hearing it. They're hearing that they're being challenged. Um, it'll be interesting to see tone setters from the set, from the outset. Micah Parsons back, Jay Ron Kirst back, and the defensive line. Can they set a tone early um, and hit that line of scrimmage hard, hit that running game before it gets going, and then say, okay, Jimmy, let's see how you can operate. Jimmy Garoppolo thrives against pressure. Not as good when you, when you play a bit more coverage, make him hold the ball and make him think. That's going to be on Dan Quinn to design that. Say, right, I'm not going to tell you which four of my guys I'm sending after you, but I'm only going to send about four. I'm going to drop some, some defense behind and try and shut down those yards after catch opportunities for like George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Okay. I'm getting the wind up from Gibbo. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs-Steelers. Chiefs uh, uh, going on what you said at the start, uh, the dream for Big Ben is over? The Steelers I quarterback? Think so. I, I, I won't be so disrespectful to a really good Steelers defense to say this is a second buy in the AFC because I think they'll, they'll do their best to make this tough and make it hard uh, on a Chiefs offense. But I think they're too strong 
Chiefs offense simply too strong um, and will overcome the talent that the Steelers defense presents. And I just don't think that Steelers offense with Ben's arm where it is, uh, I think that plays into the hands of what the uh, improving Chiefs defense can bring to the table. And a Monday night, Tuesday night uh, wild card game. Um, Cardinals, I don't know what to make of them. They're taking on the Rams. Two teams that can turn up one week and go, yep, there's your yeah. Super Bowl favourite. And then the next week, turn up and go, I would not bet on them with somebody else's money. Um, I think the Rams, I think we're starting to see, we know who Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are. This isn't as deep a talented Rams team, as particularly on defence, as we've seen in recent years. They lost some of those other kind of ancillary pieces to free agency. But someone like Von Miller is really starting to come on and start to create consistent pressure and sacks um, after he arrived from the Denver Broncos. I think their stars, will overpower the the, uh, the Cardinal stars in this one. And a lot of attention on Matthew Stafford. Can he play a clean game? And can he start to rewrite what his history in the playoffs and against winning teams has been, which is for his fault or the surrounding fault, that he, the, the surrounding failures of a franchise like Detroit, he has underperformed and doesn't have those skins on the wall in those situations. Be interesting and hugely pivotal to see what type of game he delivers. I think they step up and Rams get it. All right, Laurie Horishar from ESPN. Just leave your TV on ESPN all weekend from tomorrow and you'll catch all of those games uh, on ESPN. Thanks for your time on Sports Central, mate. And I'm going to catch up with you at lunchtime on, on Monday because we'll be almost through, well, we'll be through the majority of those games. Thanks for your time today. Oh, great to join you. Looking forward to it. See you, mate. Laurie uh, Horish there from ESPN. The NFL wildcard playoffs commence this weekend. We better get to a break. This is Sports Central on 1170 SEN, 1620 SEN Gold Coast, SENQ and the SEN app. You're listening to Sports Central on SEN. Yeah, welcome back to it. Uh, get involved anytime you like. 0457 736 736. Uh, obviously, Late yesterday, the breaking news on Novak Djokovic. Uh, they've uh, headed to court this morning. Um, they had until midday uh, his team, legal team, to get all their paperwork in. The federal government have until about their lawyers till 10 o'clock tonight. There will be a hearing 9.30 tomorrow morning to decide whether uh, Novak can stay in the country or he does have to leave. Uh, and a very interesting twist on this, and we'll talk to Brett Phillips about this uh, in the next 60 minutes, our SEN tennis expert uh, from the first serve. Um, the Australian government is claiming that during the two weeks of the Oz Open, there could be lives and civil order at risk by increasing anti-vax sentiment and disregard for COVID-19 rules. So that's one of the reasons they don't want Novak Djokovic and have cancelled his his visa to stay in the country. So very interesting um, very interesting um, conversation around that. Um, in the BBL, there is a game on at the moment, Stars versus the Strikers. Uh, the Stars have welcomed back their marquee man, Marcus Stoinis, uh, as they've gotten their full team back on paddock. But I don't think that's that's helping much. What are they? Four for... 39, Four for, th- four for 39. Jeez. Burns on two and Cartwright on two. So there's still two handy bats uh, actually at the crease at the moment for the Stars. But they're chasing 155 which the strikers uh, posted earlier. Tonight, the Sydney smash at the SCG. This is going to be a cracking game. You've got the Sixers uh, taking on the Thunder. Um, I don't know what the crowd number's going to be like for that, but I believe they're going to be quite healthy. Uh, 6.40, that game tonight. Uh, Gibbo, if you want to head out to the SCG. Um, and, of course, in other cricket news, uh, day two of the fifth test in Hobart. Uh, action starts at 2.30, a half hour early today, but you can catch all the action live here on SEN from 2 o'clock. What, 
what, that's the music already. That's what hour one done and dusted. That uh, was in the, Jeez, I know. EPL uh, overnight, Brighton one versus Crystal Palace one. Um, Brighton have overcome a missed penalty and a disallowed goal to save a, a salvage one one draw. Um, what else happened? Oh, NBL last night. Uh, New Zealand Breakers 78. Uh, we're beaten by Melbourne United 89. Big game on tonight. We're trying to chase someone down from the NBL. Have a chat. Two seven foot plus Chinese players playing against each other in the NBL tonight. We'll get to that soon. Big hour coming up soon. This is Sports Central on 1170 SEN, 1620 SEN Gold Coast, SENQ, and on the SEN app. You're listening to Sports Central on SEN. I can't believe uh, one hour of this show is done and dusted already. You can get involved anytime, 0457 736 736. Maybe you have an opinion on the Novak Djokovic thing that's going on. We'll chat to Brett Phillips about that in around about 40 minutes' time uh, and see what he thinks and see what's going on with the Oz Open. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's not due to play until Tuesday, Novak. I'll, I'll double-check that with Brett, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, Adam Collins, part of the SEN Test Commentary team, uh, he'll be joining us soon to preview day two of the fifth Ashes Test at Bell Reve Oval or Bluntstone Arena. I went there for Father's Day breakfast. Actually, a nice little cafe outside called Hurricanes, surprisingly enough. Um, not a bad place to have Father's Day uh, breakfast, uh, Gibbo. Uh, we'll talk to Adam about that. And in particular, how's the weather looking ahead of uh, day two of that test after the in- interruptions yesterday? We'll talk a bit of NBL plus... Uh, Gibbo, we were just talking about cricket before too. And by the way, the Stars are four for 48 after nine overs. Oh, I don't think there are any chance of uh, knocking off this 155 uh, that uh, the strikers posted in the first innings in the BBL. And you had a, you, you asked me a question off the air about the Big Bash. What was it again? Um, uh, is it overkill this year, Jace? We've had plenty of games. We've had double headers. And one thing as well, which I'd love to get your take on, is that we've got Big Bash tonight at 6.30 while the test cricket's going on. I, I'd Not love just, to know your thoughts. Yeah, yeah mate, I, I, I've, I scratched my head about this, and it's not just a Big Bash game. It's the Sydney smash. It's a massive game for Sydney. You've got the Thunder and the Sixers going head-to-head at the SCG, 6.40 tonight. It's going to be a great game, and it's going to be great to get out there, but that's at the sacrifice of test cricket. It takes yep. eyes away from watching Australia versus England in Hobart. And I found it interesting. Normally in past years, and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners and Gibbo, but in past years, we've never run a big bash game whilst a test match is on. It's always been around it, right? Yeah. I, now, I seem to – I think they, they usually played after the day's play. I know it yeah. happened. And then when we had the day-night test, there wasn't any cricket at all. But it's a real head-scratcher, Jase. I can't believe it, actually. And I, I, my belief is when Australia is playing, no other cricket should be on. Yep. That, that's, that's how it goes. You know, I remember uh, living in Hobart and we used to play club cricket and they would say to us, okay, uh, the Australia are playing whatever this weekend. There's no club cricket. We couldn't even play club cricket. Everything was focused on the Australian team, whether it was a one-day or a test or whatever. And they should not be showing other cricket. I don't mind this morning. I think it's great as a cricket nut having a, a big bash game on before the Ashes day two. But, and it's also, it's not that we're playing a test series against some minnows. 
Yeah. We're actually playing The Ashes. And I, I just think it's a bit of greed. I really do. I still think there's too many games yep. in the BBL. They need to shorten the season. Um, and they've got to avoid playing at the same time as Test cricket, even if they're make-up games too, Gibbo. Yeah. You have to avoid it. Well, You've Adam, got to avoid it. Adam Zampa was pretty vocal in his thoughts on the Big Bash. Uh, I mean, the Stars seemed like they were pretty hard done by. You know, their games weren't getting postponed when their whole team was decimated. I feel like the brand of the Big Bash, when Channel 10 had it, it was off. The crowds were great. Everyone was watching it. We had star power. And, yep. and I'm just not sure. And I know COVID sort of set that back, but there's not much star power. And we've had players playing great cricket in Sydney now playing for two different teams in the Big Bash. I, I don't – look, I mean, it's COVID, right? So with the player availability this year, look, put that aside and and maybe that's a reason why crowds aren't going as well. Maybe people are too scared to go out because of COVID. There is that, there is that unknown around COVID. But COVID can also be an excuse – for a lot of decisions as well that yeah. are going on across many industries, but I still don't, I still don't think there's an excuse for having a big bash game on, as you say, with some great cricketers. By the way, it's a good opportunity for some players to be seen and and have an opportunity. There's no excuse for having big bash cricket on whilst there's Ashes cricket on. Yep, that shouldn't be happening. And Cricket Australia, I believe, need to have a look at that and fix that. I don't know what you think. 0457 736 736. And Coley, what about Virat Coley during the week? Um, amazing test match between South Africa and, and India. What about this, what he said down the microphone on the stumps? Making the sport look bad, eh? Making the sport look bad now. Focus on your team as well while they shine the ball, eh? Not just the opposition. Trying to catch people all the time. Whole country playing against 11 guys. I've known about them, boys. Fucking camera team as well. Country against 11, fellas. Country against 11, boys. Don't hit them on the pads, boys. Hit the stumps or caught behind. That's it. So this was about a, a what potential ball tampering or shining or something like that? Well, they what, what happened was Ravi Ashwin, I think, got trapped Dean Elgar and they went upstairs. The umpire gave it out. DRS came back and... The ball, it looked like it was out, Jace, to be honest, if, if I'm looking at it. The oh, ball yeah. tracker somehow missed the stumps. And then so the Indians were quite fired up thinking that Supersport, the broadcaster over in South Africa, had something to do with... Has rigged the DRS. That's that's what their thoughts are. And right. I mean, look, to be honest... I've Brad never Coley, heard of that. No, well, <laughs> I mean, they, they had a hand in the sandpaper gate, Supersport, but I'm not sure about tinkering with the DRS. But Virat Coley's under pressure... Hasn't scored a century, I said, at no. least 2018. India, they were on their way to winning a milestone series in South Africa, and unfortunately it all fell apart. Yeah. Uh, I reckon you're absolutely spot on there, Gibbo. There's a man who's just cracked. Yeah. And look, I think the DRS is dodgy at best most yep. times, you know, <laughs> but I wouldn't be blaming Supersport. No, uh, yeah. for, for having their finger on the DRS system. Anyway, a bit of cricket news around today. An updated score, four for 51. The Stars chasing 155, uh, which the strikers made. Time to get some odd, odd, odds updates now. Big day of sport and racing uh, happening around the country. Tristan Merlihan from Top Sports. Go, mates. G'day, mate. How are you going? Yeah, big day. Yeah. Huge day up here on the Gold Coast with Magic Millions Day. I know, mates. Uh, I thought you'd be in uh, one of the uh, presidential suites at the Gold Coast Turf Club today, mate. You're not? 
No, I was waiting for the invite from Missy in, but Jim must must have missed the uh, must have missed the, uh, the, the letterbox there, I guess. But no, it's a huge day in the office for us. We uh, we never get out there on race day because it's uh, yeah, there's plenty of bullets already being sh- uh, shot early in some of these races. There's some big holds early. The punters are really stepping into a big day of racing. The first first race at the coast is on in seven minutes, and they are going one-way traffic for the nine warmth in that race. So it should be a big day ahead. Always uh, yeah, always one of the biggest days of the calendar when you've got nine really top-quality races. Mate, I'm waiting for my invite from SCN too. Don't worry about that. Uh, actually, we're probably the smart ones staying away from crowds at the moment, Tristo. Uh, let's look at the two-year-old and three-year-old races today. Two million bucks on offer in a pool of $10 million today for Magic Millions. Absolutely incredible. How do you see the two-year-old race going? Yeah, the two-year-old's got obviously a very short price favourite and, and obviously the best horse in the race, number nine, Cool and Gadda. Uh, it was drifting early, out to 235, but the punters have gone whack in the last couple of hours. It's into evens now. So punters certainly stepping into this horse. It's a really tricky barrier. Number is going to come into barrier 10 after the emergencies, but um, just in a race like this, it's such a hot race, so many young horses, it can be a bit tricky to get across. So I think the first 100 metres is going to be crucial. I really like the 11 Russian Conquest to beat it. Drawn yeah, perfectly barrier four. Yeah, 750 into six. It's been well found in the market. So I think they should be tighter or closer together. If Coolangatta gets across, probably too good, but I, I just think there's got to be doubts. It's such a tricky alley in such a high-pressure race. Yeah, absolutely. Hard to win wide out uh, on the Gold Coast uh, on the best of days. Uh, the three-year-old Magic Millions race. It's been one of the biggest goes I've seen for a long time in a feature race. Number six, Starman's been $9 into five fifty. There, There's three horses virtually equal favourite now. The two, the six are both five fifty, and King of Sparta, number three, Seven dollars into six as well. I like one at a bit of value. Number thirteen, Shihonka, fifteen dollars into fourteen. I think it should be under ten dollars. So I think it's it's a really even race. I think it's hard to split. Probably six or seven runners in this race. So I'll be looking for a little bit wider. Tim Clark, uh, Gay Waterhouse combination. Three, two wins out of its last three start. A good second last start. So fourteen dollars. I think a good each way play. All right, mate. Anything else around the Gold Coast you like today? Whilst uh, people are are concentrating on the Magic Millions. Yeah, I really like one early to get get our cash early and build a bank before the features come around. And that's race four, number seven, Snap Dancer. J-Mac and Kiramar, the, the combination that's going to be on board for Cool and Gatta. It's 440 into 340. I think it's going to be very hard to beat. Ran second first up, be a little bit fitter here second up, which one second up last spell. So last preparation, should I say. So I just think uh, J-Mac might get his eye in early. 440 into 340, be very, very hard to beat. You can catch all the action of day two of the fifth test, fifth Ashes test, uh, live here on SEN from 2 o'clock. The Savo, uh, first ball being bowled today at 2.30. Uh, you got an Ashes update for us? Certainly do. The Aussies are very short after being in a lot of trouble in the first session yesterday. They're thirty-eight. $5.60 the draw on England, $6.25. I would probably rather be on England than the draw at those prices. I think it's going to be very hard to see at the five days with the way the ball seems to be able to move around, particularly when it's new and fresh. Um, the over and under innings runs is 324.5. So we're expecting about 320 runs in this dig. Uh, it'd be interesting if, if the Aussies can get up to that score. I don't see England being able to score that many runs to be competitive. Yeah, well, considering what are we now, six for 241, that's that's not bad. Rightio, uh, let's look at the Big Bash, the Big Sydney Smash tonight. We're just talking about that. Can't believe it's on at the same time as the Ashes. But anyway, uh, you got the Thunder taking on the Sixers at the SCG tonight. Yeah, you're right. And it is it is a shame because it is such a uh, such a marquee 
match uh, on, on the Big Bash calendar when there probably has been a few with a few teams decimated. So it is a very strange scheduling decision, but it's very even in the betting. 193 the Sixers, 187 the Thunder. Sixers started the season really well, just petered off a little bit lately, and the Thunder have started to come into a bit of form. Daniel Sam's very, very big hitting at the moment. So 187 the Thunder, 193 the Sixers. High bat, talking bat. Um, Daniel Sams, he's five dollars. Alex Hale's the favourite at three fifty. Jason Sanger at three dollars eighty. So plenty of uh, options there. We've got two hundred and fifty markets up on the game. So check it out. But very even contest for the Sydney Smash. Radio uh, NFL playoffs. We're just talking to Laurie Horish before, and um, I don't know. My Cowboys, first of all, are, are they given any sort of chance by you blokes against the Forty ers Everyone's written the Cowboys off, even though they had the better season. Yeah, well, they are a dollar sixty-two favourites, and um, I, I probably thought the, the betting should have been a lot closer. I think the Forty Nine ers are going to be very competitive in this game, but certainly the Cowboys are a very, very good chance to win. But I certainly think at the value at two thirty-four, the Forty Nine ers probably just edged that three flats a line and fifty-one. But it's, it's a really good week of uh, weekend of playoffs, which you got the Patriots and the Bills in the second game tomorrow. Two eighty-five the Patriots and a dollar forty-four the Bills, and the lines four and a half. And then the last game of the weekend sees Arizona take on the LA Rams, where you just don't know which side's going to turn up it's out of these two. It's a toss of a coin, The mate. Cardinals are $2.60, 151 the Rams in a line of four. Yeah, right. Um, what about Super Bowl uh, winners? Uh, obviously, uh, are the Packers and the Chiefs dominating that? How are the Titans? I mean, the Titans are kind of... No one's talking about the Titans. Where are they sitting in Super Bowl betting? Yeah, well, the Packers are short price favourites. They're they obviously got the week off this week. They're four dollars fifty. The Chiefs five fifty. They look gone after six rounds of the season, but they're in in to second favourite now. And the Titans are eight fifty, equal third pick. Um, with King Henry Jeez, back next bad. week, they've got the week off this week. They've found ways to win under adversity. They look like the perfect playoff team. So eight dollars fifty on the other side of the draw to the big guns. So I think they're a big chance. And your Dallas Cowboys are twelve dollars if they can go all the way. If you think the Forty ers can get an upset there on the weekend, they are twenty six dollars. Mate, it's a fantasy. It'll be a, it'll be a, like a wet dream for me if the Cowboys even make past week one. I think at the moment. Uh, and finally, mate, the Australian Open. We'll find out the latest uh, with Brett Phillips shortly on how it's all going with Novak Djokovic. We know he's got his hearing 9.30 uh, tomorrow morning. Um, Has this affected the betting around the Australian Open at all? Yeah, it's been a nightmare trying to price. You don't know if he's in, you don't know if he's out. So at the moment, we've got him priced at $3. Obviously, money back if he doesn't play. Two sixty-five Medvedev, $4 Alex Zarev, and $9 Rafa. I think Yannick Sinner is a bit of value for people liking a bit of a rough um, rough player there. He's at $31, the Italian. I think there might be an outsider win this tournament. I think the, dis- the preparations for everyone's been so disrupted that it's very difficult to get ready into this tournament. And then on the Aussie side, the women's side of the draw, I'm sure all Aussie fans have eyes on Ash Barty. She is $3.90 favourite. Osaka is $8.50. Mugarosa, 12 Swiatek, 12 and Halep at 15. That looks a really even contest. So looking forward to the tennis kicking off on Monday and we can focus on the court action as opposed to what's happening off the court. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and a possible fourth round contest between Ash Barty and Naomi Osaka. How good is that going into the mm, finals yeah. of the Australian Open? And, geez, Ash is in good form, mate. She's in very good form. So uh, fingers crossed for her. Trista Merlihan from Top Sports, mate. Thanks for your time this afternoon on Sports Central and, and good luck. Thanks, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Will do. Tristan Merlihan there. Remember to gamble responsibly. Uh, we better get to a break on Sports Central. Uh, quick update on the, on the cricket. Four for 64 
the Stars chasing the Strikers 155. And don't forget all the action of day two of the fifth Ashes Test coming to you live uh, from 2.30 today. Our coverage on SEN starting at 2 o'clock. And one of the men you'll hear uh, during that uh, broadcast, Adam Collins, joins us next on Sports Central. You're listening to Sports Central on SEN. Welcome back to Sports Central on 1170 SEN, 1620 SEN, Gold Coast, SENQ, and across the SEN app. I'd uh, love to have you involved, 0457 736 736. Uh, what do you make of the whole Novak thing today? Well, last night, actually, it happened just before 6 o'clock, uh, having his visa cancelled. Uh, the hearing will be 9.30 tomorrow. We'll talk to Brett Phillips about that shortly. And the Aussies, day one uh, of the historic Hobart Ashes Test. Uh, what you make of their performance? Again, another beautiful century from Travis Head yesterday and, and in quick fashion as well. But I was impressed with uh, the Manus Lavashane innings as well. He just got, just, he pressed go at the right time and got Australia out of a bit of a squeeze there, actually. Let's, let's bring in Adam Collins, part of the SEN test commentary team. Uh, ball by ball from 2.30 this afternoon, but the coverage starts at 2. Uh, good to catch up with you again, Adam. Great to be on the program. Yeah, it was a, a really interesting decision uh, from Labuschagne and to, for Head to come together at three for 12 and, and immediately try and uh, start a counter-attacking passage of play, and it worked superbly. They take honours uh, six for 241 at the close. Uh, uh, considering, only, considering only 59 overs were bold, it felt as though we still got our money's worth, as it were, because so much action, England with the ball early on, and then Travis Head with a splendid century. Yeah, um, could have been four for eight. Uh, had that catch mm. of Marnus Labuschagne's gone, went to hand and was held. Again, they just they miss the crucial moments, the Poms, don't they? That could have been massive in this in this Test match. It could have been, yes. Of course, Labuschagne, the number one player in the world according to the ICC right now, and has a remarkable uh, track record of having been dropped in the cordon. He's quite a lucky boy, but. Uh, didn't quite take full advantage of it yesterday. Uh, his dismissal just before lunch was perhaps the most noteworthy moment of the day, falling <laughs> over his stumps and ending up uh, face-planting with his little stump getting bent back, <laughs> bowled around his legs. Try explaining Jeez. that to someone who isn't initiated with the modern test game. It was, the, I suppose, the modern test dismissal in many respects. Hard to conceive of how he got himself in that position, but um, I suppose that's the quirky nature of Labuschagne is that yeah. he will always keep you thinking. How's the weather today? It's a beautiful day. We were just down pitch-eyed interviewing Cameron Green for the pregame show. Uh, it's hot. It's a little bit humid. Uh, it's a little bit cloudy as well, but, but rain won't be a factor. We'll hopefully uh, get all of the 98 overs that are scheduled for today. No concerns with rain. As I said, play starting at 2.30 uh, this afternoon. Um, another century for Travis Head. Um, subtle changes he seems to have made are, are paying off at him. Yeah, it would seem that way. Look, I think the thing with Travis Head is that when he goes through rough trots and all international cricketers do, his dismissals probably will leave people scratching their head. He probably will get caught in the cordon an awful lot playing with the bat a long way from his front pad. But that when he clicks and when he's on song, as he has been throughout the course of this series, he's one of the hardest, bowl, hardest batters to bowl to in the world because he is so good. Where most batsmen are leaving, that's where Travis Head is so productive. So he, he's an odd... I mean, you could tell from Stuart Broad's reaction at one stage last night, he flayed him through extra cover on the up uh, and just smacked the hell out of it. And you could see what Broad's thinking. You know, I've got 540-odd test wickets. You're not <laughs> permitted to do that. But that's the kind of player 
that Travis Head is. And, and coming in at number five, he's been a revelation in this series. Not that we didn't know he could do it, but to do it this consistently, uh, leading the runs through 349 at 70. Uh, a century at Brisbane in 152 he made, I think it was the second fastest Ashes century. And then yesterday, uh, coming in from three, three for 12 when he walked in, uh, with yeah. Labuschagne, as we mentioned before, uh, they'll go down as great Ashes hundreds, both of them. Yeah, it was it was an outstanding knock from Travis Head yesterday. In fact, he said in the and you probably crossed this as well in the in the post match media conference, he actually said he's starting to take even his practice in the nets. Uh, he's putting a high value on those wickets as well. And we learnt that at a young age, just playing park cricket, mate. That uh, when you're in the nets, treat it like you're out in the middle. And he says that's helping him as well. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I suppose the mindset translating what you're doing in the nets. Often, I mean, we watch a lot of nets uh, travelling around the world with the Australian team and often they're working on specific things. So it's not about necessarily uh, not getting out. It's about trying to hone a specific part of their technique. But uh, look, he is a he's a senior player now. I, I suppose that's an important point to make in all of this. Despite being dropped in England in 2019 and, and dropped again here against India in 2020, uh, there's a sense now that Head is uh, is a senior player. He was vice-captain uh, when Pat Cummins missed at Adelaide Oval earlier in the series. And they've been looking for him to take that next step for about two years. So the fact that he's done it against England in a most high-profile series at home will now, I think, lay the foundation for a long and productive test career. Yeah. Cam Green made it look easy yesterday at the crease, didn't he? Um, I'm, I'm watching on the TV. I'm seeing this green top, and he's just saying, playing some beautiful, beautiful cricket shots. He's coming into his own the more this test series is going on. Yeah, I think it's noteworthy that it's the first time he's made a test 50 in the first innings. You know, those, those second innings 50s against England and India were really impressive, but the pressure may not have quite been off, but they were seeking declaration runs. Very different story yesterday. Uh, coming in just before lunch or just before dinner, I should say, uh, on the first day on a green top, as you know. Uh, and look, he's punching off the back foot. As he said to us in our interview, without giving much away, uh, he's been able to evolve through the series and, and realise where he's going to have to score around the ground and also realising that it's important to get time in the middle. But if you get bogged down uh, trying to collect time in the middle, it can be hard to fight your way out of it. And I think that was a bit of a feature of his dismissals in, in the first three tests of this series. But, yeah, he's very much found his sea legs now and he's going to be such a big part of the equation for Australia in Asia through the winter. Three tests in Pakistan, two in Sri Lanka, four in India. The fact that he might be needed as maybe even the second opening bowler or at very least the first change, uh, if he can be effective against spin, get that big front foot forward and in line with the, the, in the line of it, uh, especially against spin, uh, he'll be crucial to whether Australia have a successful 2022 or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, will we see uh, Ollie Robinson in action today? He suffered back stif- stiffness yesterday. Look, I'd be surprised if I'm honest with you. Uh, he came back on uh, with a view to fielding but not bowling yesterday. He had to make one semi-athletic stop on the rope and it didn't look very athletic athletic he looks like he was um, quite incapacitated so yeah. uh, look it, it's it's he copped a bit of a spray from John Lewis the England bowling coach last night in the post play interview uh, for BT Sport he, he said that uh, they have been trying to make the point to Ollie all throughout the series and since he started playing for England that the fitness level required for a test bowler is different to a county bowler and he does carry a few extra pounds there's no denying that reality and he has broken down 
quite a bit already in this tour. Lots of little niggles and all the rest of it. Didn't play last week, of course, at Sydney. So uh, he's obviously a, a prodigiously talented cricketer. His first-class record reflects that. He's taken 11 wickets at 22 over here. That's a fine return. He's easily England's most productive bowler on the, on, throughout the series. But um, if he's going to keep breaking down and, and I, unable to get through an entire test match, that's going to be a concern into the future. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing how Robinson cops that criticism and improves on that front. Remembering, of course, he's got the two, perhaps the two greatest exponents of long-term fitness in his dressing room right now in James Anderson at age 39, who hasn't got yeah. an ounce of fat on him, fit as a fiddle, runs all day. And Stuart Broad, who's 35 and, and looks like he'll do the same thing that Jimmy's done. So if he wants an example, he can look at his two colleagues, his two elder statesmen who've been doing this for 20 years. Got to let you go in a sec because you've got another interview to jump on to. Justin Lang, I spoke to you about this the other night. Any talk around Bell Reeve, whether this is his final test as coach? Oh, look, I, I think we're still playing the speculation game on that a little bit. It's hard to be informed on that particular story when we don't spend as much time with the players as we used to before COVID, mm. to be honest with you. Uh, look, the players were, were, were pretty happy to brief out their dissatisfaction with Langer through the winter when they were in the Caribbean and Bangladesh. Since then, they've won the T20 World Cup and they've won the Ashes. So it's a different, a different discussion in terms of the success the team have achieved over the last three months. But I mean, Pat Cummins was far from conclusive in his answer when speaking about this after Melbourne. And I would suspect that a big part of this will be uh, whether Cummins and the other senior players want to have four more years with Langer, or maybe there could be a hybrid model where Langer looks after the Red Bull team and someone like Trevor Bayliss, who's been mooted in the last week or so, who, of course, led England uh, to that 2019 one-day World Cup win as coach uh, over there, uh, whether they might look to Bayliss, who has been... Uh, the coach of many of these players when they were in their formative years at New South Wales back about a decade ago. Players like Smith and Cummins and Stark and Warner and Kawaja. Uh, maybe there might be a degree of comfort in looking at him for the white ball team. But one thing's for sure, it's all going to be resolved soon because uh, his contract lasts until June. Uh, but yep. the, smoke stick, the smoke signals were that they, they would try and wrap this up after the Ashes. There you go. Adam Collins, part of the SEN Test Commentary team. We look forward to hearing all the action uh, from 2 o'clock this afternoon on SEN, mate. Thanks for your time and good luck today. Can't wait. Thank you. There you have it. Adam Collins joining us on Sports Central. Can't wait either. Cheers, going to be a good arvo. A couple of quiet shandies. Watch the cricket, Gibbo. Shandies? Are you, you are a Chris Warren school of shandy, are you? No, nah, no, nah, actually, I just said that just to play it down a oh, bit. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, what's your, nah, um, your brewer well, choice at the moment, Jace? I know you've probably been having a couple. I'm a, I, 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 like a, I just like a nice beer. Like At the moment, this is, this is not uh, – I, I like Four Pints. I like the yep. Pacific Ale Four Pints. Fantastic drop. I'm a whiskey man, mate. But you can't, you can't have a whiskey. You can't have a whiskey at 2.30 in the afternoon watching the cricket. Hey, Jace, that reminds what? me. If we can digress here, I, yeah. I'm going to my first Bucks party – but you're first. Yeah, I've all because no one of my mates have gotten married, and one of my mates are getting married. Smart. And we're doing a whiskey tasting, but we have to pay two hundred and forty dollars to go on a box do. Is that is that reasonable? Each. Yeah, each. So there's thirty of us going, and it's two hundred and forty bucks, and that's seven and a half grand. And are you being driven around though? Are you going no, from distillery to distillery? Not really. We're playing. Bar bar? We're playing golf in the morning. Then we've got yeah. a whiskey tasting thing, and then we're going to a pub. Are we on air? Is this a discussion we're having on air at the oh, moment? Oh, is, is that reasonable? <laughs> Was that reasonable? Oh, I wouldn't pay it, but yeah. I'm a tight ass. Well, but I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
I can think tasting. of much better things I could spend. Yeah, $240 gets you a nice bottle of Johnny Blue, mate. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll save it up for my bucks, too. <laughs> have you got you got a missus now? No, no, I haven't. I I had sort of had a missus, and I actually <laughs> contracted COVID from a from a late night dalliance. And so yeah, I mean, I'm in a bit of I was in a bit of strife, but so you visited someone with COVID, or you didn't know she had it? I didn't know she had COVID. I was I was meant to be working on the cricket, and then so <laughs> I I was trying to dodge COVID the best I could, and then I get a call a couple of days before the cricket, and. <laughs> Uh, um, a, a lady friend, she said, oh, I've got COVID. And, uh, and that, at that moment, I thought, oh, wow, well, I'm done. I'm done now. Lady friend. A lady friend, yeah. Oh, God. Living life through Gibbo here on Sports Central on 1170 SCN, 1620 SCN Gold Coast, uh, SCNQ, and also across the SCN app, uh, Brad Rosen uh, from the NBL and ESPN. He's going to join us real soon because we're going to talk NBL, Gibbo. And we're looking forward to tonight's Clash of the Giants. Can I say that? Yes. Are you allowed to say Clash of the Giants? I think so. I think so. Two Chinese players, well over seven foot. Who gets the Who gets the uh, exit row on the plane? Oh, I suppose there's enough seats to go around for those boys, aren't there? Anyway, Brad Rosen will join us shortly. Plus, we'll uh, give you a sports update. This is Sports Central on SEN. You're listening to Sports Central on SEN. Yeah, welcome back to it. Jason Matthews in the seat today. Gibbo's on the buttons. Uh, 0457-736-736. We'll close out the show soon before we go to our uh, SEN uh, cricket commentary from Hobart. Two o'clock coverage starts today. Uh, first ball today, 2.30 earlier time because of the loss of play yesterday. But we'll finish off the show with what are you looking forward to this weekend? 0457-736-736. There is a stack of sport. To look forward, I'm looking forward to watching the Ashes. I'm looking forward to Magic Millions Day. It's already kicked off. Uh, the, the the remote will be going nuts. I'm looking forward to the NFL playoffs. And Gibbo, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm looking forward to the rest of round seven of uh, the NBL. Seven games in seven days as we try and make up some some lost ground. Joining us now is former Sydney Kings player and ESPN commentator Brad Rosen. G'day, Brad. Good afternoon. How are we? Good, mate. Great to great to be chatting to you again. Um, there are some wonderful games still to come, and uh, tonight I, I believe it's going to be one of the most anticipated games and possibly one of the biggest viewership games. The Bullets taking on Southeast Melbourne Phoenix at five thirty. Now we've got a couple of pretty big Chinese players in this over seven foot. Yeah, we do, and that's led by Joe Chi, who plays for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. He's been phenomenal for them um, uh, over these well short games that they've had so far, five or six games into the season, and he's been phenomenal. But with the uh, Chinese uh, getting behind these two teams, it's uh, it's going to be an amazing game. Really looking forward to it tonight. Yeah, we can catch that game and every NBL game live on ESPN with uh, Kaya, and then tomorrow. A double header, Brad. How about this game to kick it off? I, I don't think I don't even know how we're going to leave the bloody house this weekend, mate. Illawarra <laughs> Hawks versus the Melbourne United. Ella, oh, no, that was Sydney. But but we've got a, we've got a, what four boomers, including the coach, involved, I believe, in this game, and then the Sydney yep. Kings will take on the New Zealand Breakers. The the NBL is coming back. I, I was really disappointed before we get onto those. I was so excited about the competition, and COVID hit. 
But now that excitement has finally come back with these seven games in seven days. Yeah, and this is what the NBL do so well. Look, we got hit and we got hit hard. So rather than trying to do something they couldn't do, they talked to bubbles and things like that. It was just too difficult with all border yeah. restrictions and, and, you know, Omnicron running so um, so rampant. Well, now we're lucky. Like you said, we've got seven games in seven days. There's then 16 games after that over 10 days. So it's going to be phenomenal games. And tomorrow, oh, I mean, today's going to be great with those uh, two players playing up there in Brisbane, but tomorrow, Illawarra versus Melbourne, the two form teams of the competition so far. Uh, Illawarra, obviously they've got the uh, coach and the GOAT, Brian Gorgian, and, and Melbourne coming in after beating New Zealand last night, and Matthew Delavadova returning from the NBA, and of course he was part of the Boomer medal winning team, as well as that good shooter, Chris Golding, and he's playing oh. phenomenal, and and then you've got the Kings taking on New Zealand, and you look at New Zealand on the ladder, they're not doing as well as what they can, but they were decimated with injuries and COVID, but they are playing so much better than where they should be sitting on the ladder. So tomorrow, sit back, flick over, flick around. Like you said, there's sports bonanza on for this weekend. Oh, mate, it's, it's absolutely outstanding. How are my Tassie Jack Jumpers going, mate? Yeah, they're great. And look, you know, it was always going to be difficult for them to come into the league. And, you know, a lot of teams have got established players and they've got to start from scratch. We always said they're going to be really good at home and then getting wins on the road. But the good thing will be tough for them. But the good thing they've done is they've been in every game. They've won a couple, but they're really good. And more than anything, the state of Tasmania is so behind them. It's really good to have the Jack Jumpers in the competition. They're playing great too. Well, mate, I remember I used to go to see the Tassie Devils. With, yeah, uh, yeah, that's Wayne McDaniel and all Yeah, well, you, yeah, yeah mate, it was outstanding. Yeah, I loved it. Loved going down there, playing Hobart and, you know, going in there and seeing the Devils and, and everyone was behind them. So it's so fantastic to have them back. And again, you know, big kick to the NBL. And, and that is why we are, um, you know, a hugely uh, popular sport in Australia and why the NBA is looking over and they're saying this is the second best league outside of the NBA. So really exciting times for the NBL. Yeah, fantastic stuff. All right, mate, looking forward to today's game again. The Bullets taking on South East Melbourne and, of course, tomorrow, Illawarra Hawks versus Melbourne United. This will really, I mean, Melbourne have won five in a row. This will really tell us where the Hawks are, won't it? Yeah, it will. And I think both teams needed a gallop after, you know, being off for so long because of COVID. And they've both had a game now since that. So tomorrow will really be a test. I'm going to say Illawarra are going to win that at home. It's just a gut feeling. I think Brian Gorgian will have this team prime. But whatever it is, sit back, enjoy and watch as this basketball goes. The best ever. We love it. Look at you, Guy. You're excited. Oh, yes, it is. It's fantastic. It's so good to have it back. It really is. And, it is, And just mate. more than anything, just how well they're playing. I love just so many yeah. players are playing so well. It's good to watch. Uh, finally, mate, I've got to let you go. But what happens after this seven games and seven days? Will we see another big stretch of games back-to-back? Yeah, so they've just announced it'll be 16 games over 10 days. So there'll be a lot of double-headers oh. and... And basically, they're going to be catching up on what they can. And they've got to be careful. They obviously don't want to, you know, overstretch the players too much. But look, they've been sitting back. And the NBL were very planned for this. They had a, they had a spare night and they knew that this was coming. So there's going to be games on, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays when there wasn't previously. So it won't be hard to catch up and you'll just have a bonanza of basketball. Bring it on. Yes. Brad Rosen, former Kings player and ESPN commentator. Thanks for your time on Sports Central. Anytime, anytime. Cheers, mate. Catch every game of the biggest NBL season yet live on ESPN, streamed on KO. Wow. 
What a bonanza of sport. My head's going to explode. We've got Big Bash. We've got Ashes. We've got MBL. We've got Magic Millions. Gibbo, don't even leave the house tonight. No, I don't. Just, you know just what? stay home. Jace, just for you, mate, I'll have a lock-in. I won't leave the couch, <laughs> and I'll be ready to go tomorrow. Mate, you won't be catching COVID on the couch, I can tell you that much. This is Sports Central on 1170 SEN, 1620 SEN, Gold Coast. Uh, what else we got? Oh, SENQ and, of course, the SEN app. We're not far away from heading to Bell Reeve Oval for day two of the fifth test. Uh, but up next, Brett Phillips and what's going on with Novak next here on SEN. You're listening to Sports Central on SEN. Welcome back to it. You got Jason Matthews here, uh, not too far away. They're heading down to Hobart for day two of the fifth test between the Aussies and the Poms. Australia resuming at two thirty today. Two uh, six for two hundred and forty-one. Not our batsman uh, um, Carey and also Stark. Sorry, just lost my train of thought there. Radio uh, the Australian Open. Plenty going on with that, uh, and one bloke in particular, Novak Djokovic, uh, joining us. Uh, right now is SEN's tennis expert uh, and also from the first serve, Brett Phillips. Thanks to Yonex, who on January 15th today launched their new E-Zone seventh generation tennis racket, crafted for power. Head to Yonex.com. G'day, BP. Hey, Jace. How you doing? Mate, I, I'm very good. How are you going? There's a lot going on around Novak today. He, there's been some uh, stuff in the courts. There's going to be a hearing tomorrow morning at nine thirty, are we expecting are we expecting a result tomorrow, or is this going to affect his first round match, which is due to happen on Monday? Well, I've probably given up trying to predict, uh, Jason, because <laughs> you know we thought we might have a resolution much earlier in the week, and here we are, two days out from the Australian Open, still not resolved. So I'd be I'd be I'd be guessing. I mean, I obviously they've wanted to get things um, happening pretty quickly. I mean, it's very rare that a judge uh, would be uh, you know starting submissions and uh, getting things rolling uh, deep into a Friday night. Uh, so that probably tells you that they're keen to get a, a resolution prior to the Australian Open starting. But yeah, we'll have to uh, have to wait and see. It's going to go. You would think right down to the death uh, at some stage uh, tomorrow. BP, what's not sitting with well with a lot of Australians is this is only happening because he's got money and he's a celebrity. Everyone else just leaves if you have your, if you or can't get into the country in the first place. Yeah. It, it, Novak's not reading the room. No, look, he's he's just hell bent on um, on fighting this until it's a, a lost cause. You know, I mean, he's he's come here on a mission, and um, you know, he's steadfast in his beliefs. So. Yeah, look, it's, you know, I think the sentiment certainly is against him. There's no doubt about that. And it's grown and grown and grown, particularly with, you know, the information that's come to light and his own revelations during the week about, you know, his travel movements, about incorrect border declaration forms being filled out. Yeah, look, you know, I think he just hasn't endeared himself. Um, but there's, there's two schools of thought, Jason. I mean, there's, there's the school of thought that the government this time around have got such a compelling case that, they can't lose. And then you'll hear some lawyers speak who firmly believe that Djokovic will win this and participate in the Australian Open. So, you know, it's, mm. uh, it's, it's still there to all be decided. I mean, there's some interesting things uh, certainly coming out today from his lawyers and what they're, um, what they're trying to mount an argument uh, in, in Djokovic's favour. And uh, one of those was that, you know, it could be, if, if it, you know, Novak is um, 
revoked for a second time and sent home. It could affect um, the Australian Open going forward, being held in Melbourne, which is you know an absolute uh, load of garbage. Uh, so yeah. that's just one uh, bit that's come out today. So you wonder you wonder where they go to now. Uh, the Djokovic lawyers, who obviously are being paid a, a pretty handsome sum here uh, by by Novak and his team, and I think mm. uh, you know the agent has come out today and and um, done a stat deck to say that they did fill out the form and filled out that form incorrectly in terms of his travel. So yeah, look, it's playing out. Uh, there's we've been drip fed information throughout the day, and we'll just see where it lands by the end of today with that hearing tomorrow. One thing I don't understand before we quickly move on to Ash Barty and, and some good stuff around the Australian Open, BP, is that uh, medical exemptions were meant to close, I believe, on December 10, but here he is on December yes. 16 getting one. Uh, where, yeah. Where's Tennis Australia in all this? Because how was that allowed yeah. to happen? Well, exactly right. And uh, and TA have gone extremely quiet. Obviously, look, I suppose with, a, with the legal process uh, in play, they probably can't say anything. I mean, certainly the draw on Thursday, a number of journalists in the room, you know, journalists who follow the tennis tour regularly were very keen to ask Craig Tolley some questions, but that was shut down. Um, look, I imagine, yeah, TA, in time, will um, will give a full brief, and they'll need to, uh, because they, they certainly don't come out of this looking uh, that great as a, an organisation, but yeah, that, that is glaring. Like, like a lot of this stuff has been, I mean, there's just... There's so many things when you add it all up that just don't point to the right thing uh, being done. I mean, everyone looks, as we've said all along, I mean, the governments look bad, Tennis Australia look bad, Novak doesn't look great. What the wash-up's going to be is, uh, well, you know, we just, we just don't, don't exactly know how it's going to pan out. Yeah, yeah, mate, we're running out of time here. Gibbo's giving me the uh, the wind-up. Um, Ash's chances, she's the favourite. Um, can you see her getting beaten? Maybe that round four clash... If she gets there with Naomi Osaka, but other than that, many challenges for her. Well, if Osaka gets there, that's my uh, my concern with Osaka is that she hasn't played a lot of tennis, and Benchic and Samova, Yastremska uh, are on that side of the draw, so I think Naomi's got some work to get through to the fourth round. But you look, Ash looks good. I mean, she's uh, cherry ripe. She's done everything she needs to do. So <clears throat> I think the first three rounds, she looks uh, really, really solid. And yeah, we've got some great tennis to finish off. Uh, Sydney and Adelaide uh, today. I mean, if Thanasi Kokonakis can win that final uh, in Adelaide tonight, what a huge um, bonus for him. He would walk yeah. into Melbourne with some genuine momentum. And Andy Murray and Karatsev, that'll be a cracking final up in Sydney tonight. Karatsev semi-final last year was the giant slayer. And Andy Murray is showing everyone that he just might be a little smoky in this draw for the Australian Open. If anyone deserved to win one, Joe, it's a five-time runner-up. In Andy yeah. Murray. Oh, and he's uh, not going to Saudi Arabia, which is also big news today as well, which we are running out of time, <laughs> BP. But uh, look, uh, I reckon oh, I can't wait. I can't wait till the action starts on Monday. Put this yep. no- uh, uh, Novak Djokovic stuff behind us and let's get some tennis yes. done, eh, BP? Oh, well, you probably you can probably hear it in my voice, Jase. Um, extremely Djokovic fatigued. Um, yep. Yeah, let, let's get into the actual real stuff and and start bringing the exhilaration of the Australian Open, which we'll do, um, you know, on the radio for the next couple of weeks, which is going to be great, great fun. And you'll be doing, mate. You already sound tired. Go and have a lay down. <laughs> <laughs> so I just a bit of a croaking throat today, but no, I, I guarantee you I'm okay, ready to go, and uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, hopefully an Aussie saluting in about two weeks' time. Good stuff, BP. Thanks for joining us on Sports Central. Thank you. Cheers. There goes Brett Phillips, our tennis expert. Thanks to Yonex. 
who on January 15th launched their new, well, today, their E-Zone seventh-generation tennis racket. Crafted for power, head to yonex.com. Are we done? Are we done, Gibbo? Are we, we finished? We are done. Enjoy your afternoon, mate. I know you've got something pretty cool lined up, I'm sure. Yeah. What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing today. Yeah, no, I'm just oh, going yes, yes, to go doing, on yes. the couch and watch the footy, mate. Good on you, mate. Uh, thanks for joining us on SEN. Sports Central is done and dusted. Test cricket live from Hobart is next on SEN. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.